The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 13th, 2023. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you Everybody and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Well, I'm really excited. Today we're going to have our special Valentine's show where Ken and I are going to read a, a poem that I wrote called uh, Friends and Lovers. It looks like it's, this is becoming a, tr- a tradition. I think this is our third year, Ken, that we're actually reading the poem. Well, February is Black History Month, and of course, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And we are, like I said, we're going to have a special treat. We're going to read a wonderful poem. And joining me in the studio, I'm really thrilled to have her, is a dear friend of mine, Vesta Kopsek, who is the retired, the retired, I love her message. She's so excited about being retired, former publisher for the Sonoma County Gazette and an activist in our community. And we'll be talking about uh, her relationship and the reason that I chose uh, to have Vesta on is because we have so much of, we have so much in common you know we are two very active women who were single for ages and then suddenly boom we get into this relationship and here with Ken and I will be celebrating on April Fool's Day 23 years I can't believe that we've been together almost 28 it's just it's just amazing and of course next month is my birthday and I'm going to wake up on March 18th and I'm going to be 83 years old I can't believe it where did the time Go. It seems like yesterday I was just a teenager. Well, also, you know, we've been celebrating the Chinese New Year, which is the year of the rabbit. And we're, we're at this time, it's time to take a step backwards, if you believe in it, like kind of chill out, you know. Uh, rabbits are quick, but gentle creatures. And in 2023, it will be a year when thoughtful action is rewarded more than a huge risk, you know, and we have to start looking at that. And after all the difficulty and tumultion of the past few years, 2023 is for color, uh, time to cultivate peace and patience. And, you know, when I think of peace and patience, and I suddenly just have to say this, I have my condolences, my heart, I don't know how to put it actually, go out to all the people in uh, Syria and Turkey. I was blown away when all of a sudden they put a film on YouTube and I actually saw these buildings collapse and 33,000 people were killed. You know, when I start thinking about it, you know, I start thinking about all the wars that are going on there. And I and when I saw the plates, you know, around Turkey and Syria, there's about four plates, four different uh, earthquake zones. And I start thinking about it. I wondered if perhaps some of the bombing in Syria, some of the things that's happening, maybe loosen those plates. And to see the people, oh, my God, to see the children and the babies And I say to myself, Lord, what is going on? It feels like Mother Earth is just screaming. Humans, wake up. Come together. You know, that that song, come on, people, love one another. I mean, I think it's I think that's time. And that that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons that I love to do the Valentine show. Why? You know, maybe some people think it's hokey, you know, we read the poem, Friends and Lovers and all that. And I say no. 
It's a day we can talk about love. We can talk about compassion. We can talk about the beauty of giving someone a gift, the beauty of telling somebody you love them. And I know there's people out there that maybe don't have relationships and they see everybody going around buying boxes of candy and, you know, cards and all that other stuff. Well, you know, an act of kindness. You will be surprised if you do something to somebody else and get, get the focus off yourself. Your heart can also be filled with a feeling of love. I know when I do something nice for somebody and I, they say thank you to me or send me a thank you card, I just, I just beam. I mean, it makes me feel really, really good. And I know that's love is so easy to give. First, the first thing in love is L. L. Listen to other people. Next is, oh, be open. Be open. Be open to accepting other people in your life. And then the V, accept the variety of people, the versatility of people, you know, the different colors of people. And E, get excited. Get excited about giving love. Get excited about being alive. I mean, each day is a gift. One of the things that happens when you get into be, you know, your 80s, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow, no, I shouldn't talk about it so much. But I want to share the feelings I'm having. And when, when you're in your 80s, you know the clock is ticking. So you appreciate each day more and more and more. If you can adopt that from the very beginning of your life, imagine the fullness and the love and all the good things that will come to you. So it's just, it's just an amazing thought. Lots of, lots of things to think about. And I've got some really wonderful songs. I'm really excited about that. Well, another important thing that's happening in February, and it's very, very important. Oh, before I forget, before I forget, I have a happy birthday. To my dear friend Lilith, if you're listening, happy birthday, Lilith Rogers. We we were just we had a women's meeting and we had a little birthday party for her yesterday. And we, when I sang happy birthday, I said happy birthday, the day that you were born. Happy birthday. Glad you're here, and I'm glad to be here. And I hope you know. Take a second and just feel yourself. Feel the life in your body. Feel what it feels like to be alive this day. And it's a beautiful day here in Sonoma County. But here, February is Black History Month. You know, and what I, and it's not, it's not only Black History Month, but it's also the Chinese New Year, and then we also have Valentine's Day. But Black History Month is so important, you know. The more, the more I learn about it, the more I read about black history, the, the deeper my friendships give with uh, African-American women, the more I begin to understand the oppression I mean, and the sadness of, of being judged just because of the color of your skin. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. You know, there's an old saying, I think in the Bible, someone said that, that we're all created in, in God's image. Well, for this Valentine's Day, I want to remind you of one thing. There are many colors, many different colors in God's garden. So if you're going to believe in God or higher power, you have to believe that all those colors are meant to be because we're all just part of the human race. And until we start embracing each other with love and compassion and understanding, we are never going to have justice. We are never going to have peace because we're divided. We're separate. We don't think of ourselves as a family of humanity. We think of ourselves, oh, there's a black person. There's a Chinese person. There's a Jew. You know, all these different divisions when we're just talking about people, human beings. And when I saw that baby pulled out of the Hubble, in that in Turkey, attached to her mother, 
who was gone. And I thought, oh, my God, she's not going to have a mother. All of a sudden, you see the value and the purpose of life and birth and women and the place that we pay in this uh, thing called life here on this planet. Well, anyway, February is Black History Month, and they recognize and honor important people and events in the history of black American. In 1926, noted historian Carter G. Woodson originated the idea of Negro History Week. You know, uh, Woodson chose the second week of February because it marked the birthday of two Americans who greatly uh, influenced the lives and social conditions of African-American people. That was former President Abraham Lincoln, a white man, and abolitionist Frederick Douglass, a black man, who came together to try to formulate something so all people could enjoy freedom and democracy. You know, the tradition of what became Black History Month greatly influenced the expansion of academic scholarship and the corresponding recognition of the rich history of black Americans. The theme for Black History Month in 2023 is celebrating black resistance. Celebrating black resistance. We should all be resisting right now. You know, we should all be resisting any kind of prejudice and any kind of hatred towards one another. Anyway, and what so what I try to do when I do our history is our strength, I try to bring in as many cultures as I can around women. But since we're celebrating Black History Month, of course, I'm going to focus a little bit more on black women. Well, here's something, but, but here's a white woman who really had a lot of influence on all of us, and that her birthday is going to be on Wednesday, February 15th. She was born in 1820, and she made her transition in 1906, and this is a name I know, we all know, and that's Susan B. Anthony, inspirational leader of the 19th century women's right movement and national suffrage strategist, lecturer, and activist. You know, when you think about Susan B. Anthony, I mean, she's such a plain-looking housewife, you know, and she had all these children, and here this woman, she moved a nation. She moved a nation. Well, another another uh, birthday that's happening on Thursday, which is February 16th, she was born in 1870, made her transition in 1927, and that's Leona O'Reilly. She was a labor organizer, a founding member of the Women's Trade uh, League, and also helped found the NAACP, which is the National Organization of Colored People, which uh, is one of the earliest organizations that was uh, uh, that came together that Black people had. Very, very interesting woman. Very interesting. And then on February 16th, here we go. It's Chinese New Year. Louise Larson, the first Chinese American and first American reporter in a mainstream daily paper in 1926. Just think, this woman in 1926 being Chinese, we only had the vote as women for six years. And here she is. She's a reporter something that was very, very, very unheard of then. And she received many awards, and and she wrote her memoir called, in 1989, I love the title, Sweet Bamboo. You know, I have to look that one up. I think that's very, very interesting. And then on February 18, 1931, and, and she just recently, I believe she made her transition last year, was Toni Morrison, the publisher... Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist, first African-American woman to win the Nobel 
Prize for Literature in 1993. If you ever read Toni Morrison's work, I mean, she really gives you an idea of what it's like to be a black woman and some of the struggles that they have to go through. I mean, Ken and I were talking the other day because we were watching stuff on the Holocaust, and, and all of a sudden they went into this whole thing about if your name was Cohen, you would change it to Cash or all kinds of different ways. That, you know, white people can change their last name. They can do all kinds of things to hide who they are. You know, I know being brought up in a Jewish culture, I remember the prejudice. I was one of only six students in a, high, in a junior high school that happened to be Jewish. And I remember being called Christ killer and all those horrible things that came to me. And it just broke my heart that people would even say those things to me. But imagine if you have color skin. And imagine someone like Toni Morrison coming forward and speaking out and saying, hey, man, this is the way it is. And the recognition she got was amazing. And then the last person that we're going to celebrate here, I believe it's the last person. Let me just look at my notes here. Yep, that's the last person here. And she was born February 18th, oh, one month before me, no, in 1934. And she made her transition in 1992. And that's Andrea Geraldine Lord. She was a writer, authored a book of poetry, essays almost every year, fought sexism and racism, homophobia, and she, then she joined the civil rights movement and she created what was known as the Kitchen Table of Colored Press. The Kitchen Table Women of Color Press with others in 1988. And she wrote a burst of light to highlight her responsive liver cancer. So she made her transition. She had uh, liver cancer. Well, you know, it was real interesting. I thought, what the heck is the kitchen table, women of color press? I never heard of that. Well, she was an activist, a feminist press that was closely related to the National Black Feminist Organization, NBFO, which was started in 1980 following a phone conversation between Barbara Smith and at the suggestion of her friend, Andre Lord. Beverly and Barbara Smith and their associate, uh, Demetra Fraser, together founded the Co-Balance River Collective, CRC. And the kitchen table, Women of Color Press, was most active beginning in 1981 and then ended after Lord's death in 1992. But what, what, what an amazing woman to start something like this to where people, women came together and were talking about racism, were talking about some of the things they can do. Well, there's a lot to think about. And, you know, I like to think, I like to think that that's what Women's Spaces is all about just thinking about all kinds of things, right? Well, enough of our history. Another part of our history is tomorrow is Valentine's Day. You know, I mean, that Valentine's Day, you know, used to really be my favorite holiday, but it's getting a little bit too commercialized. So I tried to, I tried to celebrate it in a different way. And the way I try to celebrate it is, one, is having Ken and I read this poem that we're going to read after the musical break. But it's also calling my friends and saying, hi, I just want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day and tell you that I love you or I like you or whatever feeling that I have. But to reach out, to reach out. And I'm a creator. You know, I love producing this show. I love producing things. So I'll produce Valentine cards, you know, make something personal for people to let them know that I care about them. And, you know, my, like I said at the beginning, it might be a little bit of hokey, but at the same time, 
every time we have these holidays, like say, for example, Christmas, it's a time to celebrate spirituality. You know, Valentine's Day, a time to celebrate love of, of compassion and empathy for people. You know, Thanksgiving is a day we put aside, even though there's so much controversy around the history of Thanksgiving, it's still a day that we put aside that we become thankful. And I think you need these little markers. Otherwise, otherwise you forget to be thankful. You forget to show love. I mean, it, it's just, these are little markers, little reminders. So what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of history about Valentine's Day. And it, was, it started in the uh, Victorian age, uh, sending out love uh, notes, you know, you know, just letting people know. And then all of a sudden, little by little, it became a holiday. And now here we are in 2023, and you know that the candy stores, the flower shops, I mean, it, now it becomes a day that you just give a gift of flowers, candy. And, and in a way, in a way, it's, it's a good idea because for that one day, people can feel a little bit appreciated to say thank you. For me, I'd like to thank all my friends out there for all the love and compassion and wonderful notes that they sent Ken and I while he was in the hospital. You know, it was a real, it was a real struggle, but I'll tell you something, love, love and compassion and understanding and a little note goes a long way when you're saying, oh my goodness, how are we going to get out of this one? What is going to actually happen? But Ken is fine, and I'm fine, and I'm really excited that we're going to be able to take a musical break right now, and we're going to be able to read our poem, Friends and Lovers, which I have to confess, I wrote when uh, Ken and I were early in our relationship. I mean, we both came together, you know, long ter time, living, living separately, single, very independent people, and I'll tell you something, we broke up five times before we finally decided, hey, this is it. We really do love each other and we really do want to be together. And it's wonderful that we're we're together in the studio together producing this wonderful show and, and all our wonderful friends out there, which I'll tell you something, through his illness, I didn't know I had so many friends. <laughs> I mean, I it felt like they were coming out of the woodwork just to tell me how much they loved both of us and how they wanted us to be have get have a speedy recovery. So thank everybody for doing that. Now Normally, what I do is when we take a musical break, I might find a popular song that a male sang, and I try to find a female arrangement of it. But for today's show, because Ken and I are going to read Friends and Lovers, a male and a female reading something, I thought I would do something different. So this is one of my absolute favorite songs. I mean, the, the rhythm of the song and the, the lyrics, everything about it I love. And I thought, you know, I'm going to put it on this, this morning. We're going to take a musical break, and the song I be playing is Islands in, in the Stream, sung by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Amazing song, you know, and I can, I'm dedicating this show today to love, and I'm playing, this is really one of my favorite love songs. I think this is a welcome break. I really do, with all the craziness that's going in the world. We just take a break to just think of wonderful, warm things, being in love, wanting to be in love, hoping to be in love. There's people out there want a relationship. Others are getting out of relationships. I mean, relationships are what makes the world go around. So, Ken, let's go ahead and let's play uh, Islands in the Stream, sung by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. And when we return, we'll be able to play and sing that, uh, excuse me, recite that wonderful poem together. So let's go. <laughs> 
when I met you there was peace unknown. I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb. I was soft inside. There was something going wrong. You do something to me that I can't explain. Hold me closer and I feel no and it just went up well i love that song islands in the stream kenny rogers and dolly parton you know dolly parton is really a woman that gives out a lot of love i'll tell you for you just joining in i want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinion to the station its board of directors its members and women's spaces well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and I, I love Valentine's Day because it's a day to celebrate love. And it looks like Ken and I started the tradition of reading the poem I wrote to express to Ken my feelings about him and the challenges we are presented once we decide to get into a committed relation. Well, welcome, Ken. Welcome to Women's Spaces, and thank you for reading this with me each year. So let's go I ahead. I love to do this. So let's go ahead and let's start. One, two, three. I remember when we simply called each other friend. When did that end? It wasn't so long ago I would pick up the phone and call you and let you know I was alone. 
We'd cry and laugh and tell each other about the adventures of our day. We never gave a thought to beginnings or endings. We were just friends. I don't remember missing you until I began kissing you. I don't remember worrying about you being cold or about me being too old until we began kissing and holding and I felt the depth of you within me. It seemed so much easier back then when we just called ourselves friends. I get scared when I think of growing to love you. When we called ourselves just friends, I loved you in a different way. I was not afraid that you would leave me one day. I would just listen to what you had to say. There was no charge, no emotion, no attachment. Words were just words. If a friend was coming by, I did not need to know who or what they were to you. A friend was simply coming by. If you told me of a past or present lover or any experience for that matter, I do not remember my cheeks getting hot or my heart beating any faster. I was neutral and thought you were sharing and I was living your, I, you were living your life and I was sharing and living mine. How strange how it all changed when we became lovers. Perhaps I lie to myself, and I'm not as free as my fantasies would like me to be. It seems that just being friends is less tearful and less fearful. Why, I ask myself, does it all change? Strange, but it does change. I feel like a child when it comes to relationships. It feels like no one has shown me the way. No one has shown me what to do when I feel inside the feeling of, I love you. Oh, I don't want it to change. I want us to be friends. Lovers come and go, but a friend, a friend is forever. I want us to be natural and move in our own time, in our own rhythms. Is that possible? Is that true? Is this something that I or both of us can do? At times I feel trapped. I want to move forward even when I feel my insecurities cause me to move backwards, backwards in time, when I hung on for dear life because I had no sense of self. I slip back, so subtle yet so real, it's almost like I'm suspended in space. All I know is that I'm about to lose something and I'm afraid it is you. When I fear the loss, I feel like I'm being tossed aside Oh, I know what it means. It means I am lacking my own self-worth, my own self-esteem. It never seems to happen when we called ourselves just friends. I want us to be friends. I want us to be lovers. I want us to respect one another and give each other space. Is that grace? Is that the grace we learn when friends become lovers? There is so little I know except that each encounter each challenge I grow and know how deeply I want us to be friends, but not just friends, but friends and lovers. Lover and friends, what does that mean? Well, a lover is just that, a lover, one who satisfies those deep, lustful, delicious needs. And a friend, well, a friend is everything in between. Yet in order to have total lust, I must trust. I must trust that you will be there for me in my times of need. All I can, clue, can conclude is that we were friends first. And if the lovers choose to go away, 
I want the friendship to stay. Let, Let us take, take a stand, stand that we will transcend all we need to transcend to, to be, be forever friend friends. Oh, thank you, Ken. And now we are going to take another musical break. And when we return, Copa, uh, Vesta Copstack will be sharing her background in relationships and how she's managing to go through all these different little emotions and challenges that we have when we decide that we're going to be with someone. And the song I'm going to be playing, and I want to I want to dedicate this to you, Ken. I really do, you know. I mean, I can't help it. I got to take advantage of this moment because I just have, when I read this poem and I think of what we have gone through to have a relationship, this song just means an awful lot to me. And I first heard it, believe it or not, with Elvis Presley singing it. And I'm telling you, it just went deep into my heart. But I found an arrangement by Helen Reddy. It's called, And I Love You So. So let's go ahead, Ken, and play that. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Vesta Kopsix. you do the book of life is brief and once a page is read all but love is dead that is my belief Yes, I know. 
Whoa, (laughs) my heart. Oh, that song is so beautiful. Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And before I introduce my guest, Festa Copesakes, who's right across from me right here joining me in the studio, I want to send out a shout-out to two of my loyal friends and fans, and that's Daniel Hemingway and Randy Hurley, Randolph Hurley, I want to wish you both a happy, happy Valentine's and let you know how much I love you and how much I love your support. And a congratulations to my daughter, Susan Jensen, and my son-in-law, Dave Jensen, who are celebrating, will be celebrating 35 years of marriage together. And let me tell you something, it's a work, it's a work in progress for all of us. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me in the studio is Vesta Copesake. Welcome, Vesta, to this wonderful Valentine's show. It's my favorite holiday. It celebrates <laughs> love. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> were those songs? Did the they songs not? were perfect. They just were your poem. Oh, your poem. It totally applies to my relationship with Alan. Well, we'll talk about, you know, talk, first let me just tell folks a little bit about you because you're, you're a very impressive person as far as I'm, and always controversial, you know. <laughs> people either agree with you or disagree with you. I mean, I hear lots of good stories about you, but I just want to, I want to just tell my fo- folks a little bit about you. Uh, Vesta Copesakes is the former and is now retired publisher of the Sonoma County Gazette, and she hates when I, I keep saying that, but you, we have to attribute that to her because it's one of the most powerful papers in our community, and it's still in existence. Uh, she's a commu- uh, which was a community-building publication, both in print and online. She believes her mission is to connect people, share knowledge, experiences, and love of our home. Her community service experience includes Forestville Chamber of Commerce Board, Vice President and President of the Forestville Planning Association. She's also a founder and a board member of the Forestville Education uh, Foundation, another found, she's another board member and founder, boy you're a busy woman, and then Friends of Forestville School Board member. And she also is part of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Sonoma County and also part of the, uh, she's the member of the Lower Russian River Municipal Advisory Council and she chairs the Vacation Rental Committee. Plus she's a grandmother. I love being a grandmother. Oh my God, <laughs> it's such a high. <laughs> There's nothing like it. You know, it's really interesting because, you know, uh, Alicia Sanchez and I, we both became, she became a grandmother and I became a great-grandmother within a month of each other. We just took, we just took the kids to see the frog and the toad at the Sixth Street Playhouse. And I'll tell you something, I, it, I never had such a thrill in my life as being with these two young, these two young children and then the two grandmothers and of course then my daughter who's now a grandmother, which blows me away. <laughs> so it's just amazing. So is there anything else you'd like to add, Vesta, before we go into the interview? Well, just in terms of love, uh, love is not just romantic love. Um, it is also love of community and that's the thing that got me involved in my community right from the start. It's something I say is my father's fault. I inherited it from him. Being involved in the community and being part of it, participating in it, is, um, it's, you feel connected with people in a way that you would never have an opportunity to be, be connected with people who you wouldn't run into in any other way. You wouldn't, uh, you know, like it's in the grocery store, maybe, would you interact? But if you have a, some kind of a cause in common or an interest in common, it gives you another reason to connect with people who would otherwise not be part of your life. It's let, wonderful. Let me ask you a question. You know, 
you you ran the Gazette for um, uh, what was twenty it, years. Twenty yeah. years, yeah. you know. And I know you had ups and downs as far as your opinions goes. This one agrees with this. This one disagrees. Where where did you get your confidence? Where did you get your tenacity to be able to not only handle the publication every month? I mean, I just do a script a week. I know what that's like, but I mean, to put a paper together like that. Where did you, and then also the controversy sometime that was surrounded oh, yes. you. How, how did you handle, how did, where did you get your confidence? I would actually credit my father with that as well, partly because um, he always had faith in me. He had this thing about raising strong, independent women for his daughters, my sister and myself. And um, so he just, he basically instilled us with a sense of confidence and love. It was a wonderful gift from my father. And I, I really do credit him. So you feel the fact that you felt this confidence, it, it was okay that things were coming at you. I was always loved. You know that place where if you feel that someone loves and respects you, it gives you a foundation to stand on? It really makes a difference. I mean, it really makes a difference. And also, and also what's so interesting, you know, men, men feel because of the women's movement and all that that somehow they've been excluded when the reality is that they haven't because what came forward to me from the, the movement was actually how important father and mother is in raising a child. So well, and in the case of myself, um, my father was a single father. Um, I was a single mother. So um, he really? was a mother and a father to me, and my, I was a mother and a father to my daughter. That's so interesting. <laughs> oh, that is, I didn't know that about you. You know, it's amazing. You get on the air every once in a while. You find out all these tidbits Little bits and it. pieces. <laughs> well, well, let's talk, since we're doing a Valentine show, let's, let's just talk. One of the things that you and I have in common was we had long per a long period of time where we were single. And then all of a sudden, boom, something happens, and we're into relationship. And so you decided to get married to Alan uh, Joseph. Mm -hmm. and I, I hope, I hope, is he listening? I hope. I have no idea. Well, we'll <laughs> give him a shout out. I hope you're listening, Alan. Uh, how long have you been married? Where did you meet? And, you know, just a little bit of it. Uh, you know, a little bit of gossip, so to speak. <laughs> what was the attraction? Well, our love story actually is probably longer than you have time for, but um, I met him because I was the marketing director for Canine Companions for Independence, and I was looking for a manufacturer to create a membership pin for our high-end donors. And he had a jewelry company that made custom jewelry things, and he could make the membership pin, and that's how I met him. Um, but, I, but it was not romantic. It was a client relationship, right? And then when um, when I was no longer marketing director, I started working for him as a graphic designer. And I was a graphic designer for his company for a while. Um, and then at one point, uh, his company couldn't afford me anymore. So I, I disappeared out of his life for a bunch of years. And then I ran into him. And I ran into him at about a time in his life where he had been divorced for a while. And he was very unhappy man and he had literally said to God show me the woman who will heal my jaded heart oh. and he did he was very very unhappy and God said Vesta and so um, the world worked that we ran into each other accidentally and we did exactly that little thing that you were talking about, friend into sweethearts. In fact, tomorrow we're going to celebrate a tradition that we started on the day we went to Cape Fear Cafe out in Duncan's Mills. And we had lunch and we had made lists of what, we, what was important to us, what were our priorities in our life. And we sat down and had lunch and checked our, our lists and realized that number one on both of our lists was our children were our top priority. And that was 
powerful for me because I had dated a lot of guys who were like, you know, you can't be spontaneous. You have a kid. What am I supposed to do with your kid? You know, all that sort of stuff. And it was great to say, I have a kid. And a guy would just disappear out of my life. Well, for Alan, it was his top priority. So we sat down and had a discussion. So we destroy a good friendship and become sweethearts. <laughs> and we decided that we would and we did the most mature thing I've ever done in my life and the only time I think I ever did it in my life we went out and got tested for STDs before we became, became lovers remarkable achievement <laughs> I could tell you a story about that too I mean about the you know because when Ken and I became lovers it was during the it, a lot of the AIDS oh, yeah. pandemic, yeah. and we went through the same kind of thing. I mean, we really had to be very, very, very careful. I mean, just well, and having been single for years, it's like you know he's messing around, I'm messing around. You know, we're doing the thing, and it's like, well, what's well, um, and then you get the test results and you find out you're clean, and then it's like, oh, that is so different from falling into the couch or something, you know. <laughs> well, well, in spite of in spite of all the good the good things and the list and everything. The bottom line is that you were an activist, an independent activist in our community. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember when I went to Sonoma State and I taught a class survival as a mother, I was picketed because they thought I, we should let men in. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, this is survival as a mother, you know, but then all of a sudden the controversy about men being mothers. But it, it's just the idea of all of a sudden because you're an activist, you have these different ideas, and you're starting to put these things out, how people come on you. How did you, how did, were you able to have the relationship, move into the relationship, as well as doing the, the piles of work on the paper, and then eventually the pile of work to be able to sell it? Uh, well, this is, I asked Alan, I said, so what would you say? And he said, mutual respect. Alan never messed with me. It was one of the things that really stood out as a partner in my life. He never told me what to do. He never made demands on me. He's never said, you can't go talk to people while you're out with me or any of that kind of stuff, which I'd experienced in the past. Alan will just sit back and watch and listen. And he just is the most perfect partner for me because he never makes demands on my time or my attention. He just contributes to me and loves and adores me and respects me. And I feel the same way in return for him. Oh, God, Alan, do you have a duplicate? <laughs> I know people always say that. <laughs> well, you know, it kind of, it kind of, I guess, and it gives me the feeling the same thing about Ken. You know, I mean, I, I have these uh, self-esteem cards. You know, yes. You know, I, I called uh, Staples one day, and they told me that I had ordered seven thousand of them. I wondered how many I had passed out, and all of a sudden, I realized in ten years, I passed out seven over seven thousand cards to people. And Ken's always there. In fact, if I run out of cards, he's always got one or two in his wallet. You know, and I'll ask him. So it's 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 kind of a what what I feel maybe at our age is what we enter into is not just friends and lovers, but it's more of a partnership. Well, you and I were both in our 50s when we fell in love with our partners. And um, some people have said, I don't want to wait that long. But I honestly believe that being a mature individual, having, as we said, being run over by a Mack truck emotionally over forward, backwards, and several times, um, we look for someone, a really different kind of person. We really do look for a partner, someone who shares so much of our value systems. That becomes the most important thing. When we're young, it's like chemistry is everything, you know, and then later on, it's like, oh, I want someone who shares my value systems, who really wants to share life with me. And it's, it's a sweetness that um, just 
diminished hormones. And also once the kids have flown the coop, you have time to do this in a way that's really different from when you have children. It's very hard to date when you have children. Well, <laughs> it was, that, was, that was interesting too. And for, for Ken and I, he had no children and I had the children. And that in itself, for him to come in where I was a grandmother and that had special demands. I mean, I remember when I had to babysit for the kids and he'd come up for, <laughs> for, from San Jose and they would act out. I would be so embarrassed, you know, like, oh my God. He's gonna what, go away. <laughs> what, what, what's he gonna think? And, and he was just right there with them. In fact, my, uh, my uh, granddaughter, Caitlin, is into uh, uh, editing and camera work and all that. And Ken put the first camera in her hand and really helped her to, to kind of uh, evolve in that, in that direction. So it, it really, it sounds to me like the most important thing is not only priorities, but the ability to cooperate with each other, to realize like I'm out there passing the cards out, you know. And then to be to come in and be co-producer with me, I mean that in itself—it's a partnership. It's a real partnership. Yeah. So I really, I really appreciate you saying that. So you've you've given some some pretty good hints about what you think are some of the keys to having a successful relationship. What if if, if you had if you were someone to sit down and say, well, uh, uh, what do you really think is the is the real strongest key? What would you say? Well, actually, many years ago, I was writing a an article on what makes love last, and I interviewed a couple who had met and married within two weeks. And they were in their 90s by that time, so they had been together <gasps> over 70 years. <laughs> and uh, and they, they said, for one thing, sexual chemistry, because when things are go bad, you have that connection that you can literally physically connect, and that'll often connect your hearts and your minds again, that allows you to reconnect after you felt angry with somebody. So that was really important. They said a shared value system was extremely important because basically when you come to a, a, a block in the road, you come to the same conclusion um, about that kind of thing. So, and then spirituality, they felt it was important to be spiritually similar, not religious similar necessarily, but spiritually and how you relate to the universe. And then they said the number one most important thing was tolerance, mutual tolerance. It's like, I let you live your life your way, you let me live my life my way, and we'll be just fine. And I like that, mutual tolerance, you know, because you do have to tolerate each other, you know, because there's no, per there's, you know, I tell my daughter and I tell my granddaughter that all the time. You know, my granddaughter's just entering into a new relationship, you know, and I'm watching, I'm watching how it goes from the sexuality to the reality, you know, and then you start moving towards all kinds of different things. Well, that's where I get into the treat others as you wish to be treated. And so tolerance is right in there with it. I want to be tolerated. I want all my weirdnesses to be tolerated, my disagreements to be tolerated. So, of course, I'm going to offer that in return. Why would I not? That's a good question. Well, you know, we actually have time to play this one song. Cool. <laughs> and then and then when we come back, I'd like you to give your any last words and any website that, that you would like to have people uh, contact you because I know you're involved in some very, very interesting projects. So many projects. <laughs> And the, the song I'm going to play is, you know, and it's in honor of Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach just passed away, and he was a marvelous, marvelous songwriter, piano player, and he, he did a lot of work with Dionne Warwick, and he helped her to obtain certain level of fame. So I want to play hit this song, What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet, Love. sweet love. love. And then when we come back, a perfect song, because, you know, love, love. Love, you know, love encounters so many things. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play what the world needs now is Love, Sweet Love, sung by Dionne Warwick. Mm -hmm. 
for some, but for everyone. Lord, we don't need another mountain. There are mountains and hillsides enough to climb. There are oceans and rivers enough to cross, enough to last till the end of time. for everyone Lord we don't need another meadow there are cornfields and wheat fields enough to grow there are sunbeams and moonbeams enough to shine oh just for some but for everyone oh just just gives me the chills when i hear these songs well welcome back you're listening to women's spaces and i'm your host elaine b holtz and i did get an i did get an email two days ago they wanted once again someone wanted to know what the b stands for well the first thing it stands for is my middle initial is beverly that's my middle name and i also my granddaughter has that middle name also caitlin beverly and also i put the b in there because when i was doing motivational speaking i just recognized that i had to remind myself that i'm doing the best i can i'm a beautiful child of the universe and to be here now and that's why i put that b in my name and 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 it's i'm very adamant about it i mean i was on a committee once and they just put elaine holtz and i said "Uh uh-uh it's elaine b holtz so welcome back and in the studio with me is kept uh, vesta copestakes and we're talking about her loving relationship and all the different things that entail a relationship and now we've come to the end of a segment here Vesta, so last words, anything you'd like to say to our audience, give a website. I know you're involved in some very important things. If you'd like to give us a quick sentence on what it's all about. <laughs> That's please. too broad, but I would say in terms of the things I'm involved in, the Lower Rushmere Municipal Advisory Council and the right now the housing element as part of the general plan is a big deal, and I'm very involved in that. But I, I want to say, like, the world needs now is love, sweet love. Things like emergencies, like earthquakes and wars, the one thing it does do is it does generate love. People see themselves and the other people who are suffering, and they see their families and they feel, it really makes people feel when they see other people suffering. And it's a sad thing that suffering should make people feel so strongly, but it does generate a connection. So why do we throw money at things? Because we can't 
put time into it. We'll put money into it. We'll send it to the to UNICEF and to the International Rescue Fund and to Mercy Corps and to the White Helmets who are out there in all of these countries that are being devastated by earthquakes and wars because we care. Doctors Without Borders, one of the most important organizations on this planet because they are literally everywhere, not just the country that's in the news. So we reach out with our hearts to somehow help other people. That connection is essential for humanity. Well, I mean, you, you bring an interesting point because when I, will look at, when I look at the devastation and I think about, you know, the war, especially when I think of that area with all the bombing that's gone on and, and, and how horrific it is. And you're right about that, about bringing it together. But the thing is, is my prayer is, is that I hope one day that we can come together, that we recognize that we're living on a planet and we have to come together. It's coming. It, you know, the thing is, like you're, you and I are old enough that we can see what a vast change has occurred within our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, it's immense. So th just even ecology that didn't exist when we were young. Conservation had just begun because of the Dust Bowl and things like that. And then women's rights and human rights and, and race rights and all these kinds of things because we are more and more connected all the time. Language barriers are falling down. Cultural barriers are falling down. And that's why there are people who are afraid of all those barriers falling down because they feel like when the barriers fall down, then what happens to us? Well, what happens to us is you meld and you feel the joy of love and connection. It's not bad, it's good. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting point, that we're so afraid of each other that we allow, we allow the separation, and in allowing the separation, we can't find peace. Well, the way that the Tower of Babel, what was the whole thing about the Tower of Babel coming down? When, the, when all the languages start melding, when all the, gen the, the genetics of individuals start melding because people marry each other because they fall in love and they make babies that are mixed race, mis mixed everything, how do we connect with what you spoke earlier? The, all God's children, right? We're on, there's many colors in God's garden. All yes. the creation, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Well, Vesta, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest, for sitting in the studio with me and enjoying this program. And to all my listeners out there, I mean, it just, it's just been an amazing show, I have to say that. You want to give a website if people can get a hold of you or if they have any questions for you or an email? I don't have a website right now. What about an email? Okay, web, my email is the same as it's always been, Vesta, V-E-S-T-A, at sonic, S-O-N-I-C, dot net. Well, thank you once again, Vesta said for being such a great, great, great guest. And to Ken Norton, thank you so much, Ken, for reading that wonderful, wonderful poem with me. You're so welcome. And happy. Oh, we did it because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it went over the air. Boy, we're in big trouble now. <laughs> well, I wanna, and I want to thank everybody out there for listening and for supporting Women's Spaces. And remember, a reminder: remember, our children are the future, and we must never, never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you again the next time. She's someone to pursue. She's patient and she's waiting and she'll take you home now. The woman in your life, she can wait so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Because the woman in your life, the woman in your life.
The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 13th, 2023.